0: This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio
1: drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. The storm was unlike anything that I had come to associate with Portland. When it rained here, it more than often came in the form of mist or heavy fog. But this was different. Heavier and colder, so much more that it chilled one down to the bone. That's when the chaos began. Over the course of one night, riots broke out across the city, people smashing and killing anyone and anything they encountered. It was as if madness had descended upon the city and every man, woman, and child had fallen prey to it. And though I couldn't understand it, I remained free the violence spread. The surrounding suburbs like Beaverton, Gresham, and even as far as Hillsborough fell to the riots. It was I who decided to try and find out what was causing it. Okay, got the chalk with the angel's blood, the pentagram is drawn on the floor. What's next? With great care, I began to read the incantation spell, not knowing what I might be summoning. Okay. From the shadows, I summon thee. Come forth. Come forth and do my bidding. (sighs) Must have gotten it wrong again. There was a flash of light. In the center of the pentagram stood a man. He was dressed in what looked like an Armani suit... Handsome in a gothic way, with long flowing hair. It was the eyes that told me this was no human. No irises, no white. Just two pools of darkness that pierced me from across the room.
2: You haven't gotten the pentagram quite right. You're Chris Sparrow.
1: Yes, I am. And, sorry, I've never summoned a demon before.
2: So I noticed. Your whole incantation was off. It was? How so? Most Conductor summons in Latin for one thing. In addition, your candles are way off.
1: What's wrong with my candles?
2: They have smiley faces embroidered on them. Rather spoils the mood. Demons tend to be sticklers about these sorts of things.
1: Then why are you here?
2: To be honest, I thought I would speed things up. <clears throat> Why have I, Max, Archdemon of the Fourth Circle, been summoned?
1: Your name is... Max.
2: Yes, something wrong with
1: that? I thought demons had always had some kind of intimidating names, you know, like Myrock the Blood Drinker, or Wrath the Bone Crusher, something like that. You're thinking
2: of pro wrestlers. My name's Max. So let's cut to the chase here. What do you want?
1: Something is happening to the city. Something? It's hard to explain. Since the rain started, it's like everyone has gone off the deep end.
2: The deep end?
1: You know. Nuts. Insane. Crazy. People are killing one another out there.
2: Ah. I see.
1: I need to find out what's causing it. You see, this
2: is your problem. You're not playing the game right. This is why most demons hate dealing with newbies. Oh, back in the days of Merlin and Shelfie, people knew how to do a decent summoning. Now no one knows the first thing about how the game is played. There are steps to this. Steps? You don't just ask for what you want. You have to make an offering first, a a bit of an exchange.
1: I... I... I could pay you?
2: Pay me? Do you think there's an exchange rate in hell? A branch of Wells Fargo, maybe? So, you don't use money? No, we don't use money. Although I am somewhat fond of gold, but let's not go there.
1: Oh God, you want... You want my soul. That's it. That's what you want?
2: Oh please. Only rank amateurs deal in souls these days. What I want from you is something far more important, something you can only find on this plane of existence.
1: sure this is what you want.
2: Yes. Yes, this will do fine. (sighs) Merlot, do you know there are those who do not truly appreciate a Merlot?
1: You don't say.
2: Indeed, but I have always found it had an earth flavor that cannot be matched by any other wine.
1: So, you're serious, right? This is what your help is going to cost? A bottle of wine?
2: Like Banks, there are no wine vineyards in hell. Finding a decent bottle of wine is quite the challenge for demonkind.
1: Then I've kept my end of our arrangement.
2: Indeed you have. Now, the first thing... Oh, whoa,
1: whoa, wait a minute. How did you do that? Do what? Walk out of the circle? I was told you'd be trapped in there until I decided to free you.
2: I told you you did not draw the pentagram correctly. So
1: you could have left it any time you wanted.
2: You're catching on. Shall we go? Go where? I thought you wanted me to explain what was going on in Portland. I do. We're not going to be able to do that here.
1: Outside. But it's not safe out there.
2: Well, we'll never be able to get to the bottom of this sitting around in here. If you want answers, you have to take risks. Shall we go? Sort of reminds me of home.
1: I don't understand why I'm not being affected by any of this.
2: Oh, I thought that would have been obvious. The reason you're not affected is because you're not human. I can sense you're a vampire, but there is something different about you.
1: Yeah, I'm still alive.
2: (laughs) A living vampire, that's new! Tell me, do you have the same weaknesses other vampires have? What do you mean? You know, the standard, having to drink blood burning up in the daylight.
1: I do have to drink blood once in a while, but not as often as other vampires do. I only need it about once a month. And daylight? I can go out when it's overcast, like today. However, in direct sunlight... Well, my skin tends to glow. I think it's a side effect of my being alive.
2: Interesting. I take it you don't sleep in a coffin?
1: Not my style. So, exactly where are we going?
2: We need to find out what is making that...
1: There was no warning. A naked man came out of a darkened alley holding what looked like to be a doll's arm. Only then, he noticed the arm was dripping blood and had chunks of flesh ripped from it. With a scream, the man launched himself at Max, wielding the arm like a club. Max simply reached out and with a fluid quick motion tore the man's head from his shoulders. The naked man's body dropped to the ground, dead. Max simply tossed the severed head back into the alley like a ball. You... you just killed that man.
2: What? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Good thing, too, he might have ruined my suit.
1: Ruined your suit? That's all you're concerned about? Is your suit could have been ruined?
2: It's like I told you, for a demon, finding a bottle of wine is very difficult. Try imagining how difficult it is finding an Armani suit that fits you. I think that worth a few human lives, don't you? Let's go before I am forced to take such measures in protecting my property again. We need to find out what is making that noise. Noise?
1: Noise? at first barely noticeable a ringing noise but as I focused on it it started to grow louder but then louder still it was so loud it was all pervading so loud I can't think straight can't can't focus on anything but the noise it's all around me all I hear so loud so painful
2: Chris. You know, I just don't understand you. You are not human. You don't have to hear this if you don't want to. Just push it from your mind.
1: I... I don't think...
2: Just push it from your mind. Force it down. Otherwise, you'll be just like everyone else, driven mad and giving into your baser instincts. But hey, if you're into that sort of thing...
1: It's going... It's... It's going away. It was like waking from a bad dream, only to discover you're still in a bad dream. We were inside a small coffee shop. It was clear there had been an altercation there. The windows were all smashed out, furniture had been tossed about the place, and although there were no bodies present, there was blood staining the walls and floor. How... How did we get here?
2: I brought you in here. It seemed better than letting you collapse out on the street.
1: That was it? That's what's affecting everyone. That ringing noise?
2: Yes. Annoying, isn't it? For humans, it's far louder. No wonder they're trying to rip everything apart. They'd do anything to make it stop. I imagine it's like being forced to listen to a bunch of boy band CDs turned up to maximum volume. That would be enough to drive anyone mad. Well, maybe not teenage girls, but you get the point. If you don't mind my saying so, giving yourself over to the noise was a very foolish thing to do.
1: I needed to know what they were hearing. What was driving them to madness?
2: Well, now you know.
1: But where is it coming from? What's making it?
2: No idea. Not my problem.
1: Excuse me? Where do you think you're going?
2: Oh, I don't know. Thought I might take in the sights since I'm in town. It's not every day I get to see a city fall apart like this.
1: But we haven't stopped this yet. You're supposed to help me.
2: That wasn't our deal. You wanted to find out what was causing this, and I kept my end of the bargain. Our business is concluded.
1: But I need your help.
2: Not interested. Have a nice day now.
1: Hey, listen to me for a minute. (sighs) I have a case of Merlot back in my apartment.
2: A case, you say?
1: Yes. If you help me stop whatever is causing this noise, I'll give it all to you. Just how many
2: bottles are we talking here?
1: Nine. It would be ten, but I already gave you one of them.
2: Hmm, nine bottles. You know, given the current state of Portland, it would probably be easy for me to walk into any store and take every bottle of wine they have. Still, where is the entertainment in that, eh? Very well. We have an accord, then. A what? An accord. It's an arrangement. In other words, a deal. Although I am curious as to why you are doing this.
1: What do you mean?
2: I assume you're trying to stop this, save Portland and all that. Yes. A very noble deed, but as I said, I am curious. Who did this? I do not see any other vampire rising up to champion this cause. Why are you?
1: Because the one who would champion this was lost. And that was my fault.
2: I'm afraid I don't understand.
1: Almost a year ago, I was taken captive by a government agency. They used me as leverage to get a man called Byron to do something for them. It cost him his life in the end.
2: Byron gave his life to free you?
1: Yes. The agency let me go when everything was done. Sent me back here. They told me that Byron had kept his word and they would keep theirs.
2: I see. From what I have heard of Byron, he was never the type to let anyone take advantage of him. He must have cared about you a great deal.
1: I don't know. There were times when he was very rude, distant, pulling himself off from the rest of the world. And other times, he was very warm and very caring. He would spend days showing me the world as it really was. Not the illusion I had grown up with when I was human, but the wonders. The beauty it truly holds.
2: Did you love him?
1: I... It doesn't matter. He's gone now. And I have a job to do.
2: Where are you going?
1: We have to find the source of the noise and stop it.
2: Ah, then you're going the wrong
1: way. Max knelt upon the ground, then balled up his hands and began to hammer them into the floor. Repeatedly he did this. The building shook with each blow. Slowly the floor began to give way and crack open. What the hell are you doing?
2: The noise isn't up here, Chris. It's coming from underneath the city.
1: You mean, in the catacombs? Exactly. There are easier ways to get do down there, you know. I know. up. Uh... just great.
2: You know, I've read about these catacombs. Did you know they used to trade slaves and Shanghai people down here?
1: I'd heard something like that. I also know there are other things down here. Like what? Nothing I want to have a run in with. Where is the noise coming from?
2: Let's see. This way, I think.
1: Max led me down one of the darker tunnels. It had been some time since I had last been in the catacombs. Back then, Byron had brought me with him. Walking behind Max, I could almost imagine he was here with me now. Leading me on one of his quests, his confidence on what we were doing was for the greater good. (sighs) Not for the first time, I found myself missing him.
2: And through here, I think.
1: The room looked to be cut out of rock... In the center of it floated a small crystal sphere that radiated a dark crimson. But it wasn't the sphere I was looking at. I was looking at the person on the far side of the room. My heightened sense told me at once he was a vampire. Who are you?
0: Edmund. And you would be Chris Sparrow, I take it?
1: You know who I am? How?
0: I've been expecting you. So tell me, Chris. Are you here to stop me?
1: If you're the one causing the noise, then yes.
0: Ah. I can see why Byron chose you. You're quite the little champion, aren't you? Sadly, I do feel that you're somewhat... misguided.
1: Misguided?
0: In your cause. You don't understand what I'm doing, do you?
1: You're destroying Portland.
0: No. I'm freeing our brothers and sisters. You're still new to this game. How long have you been a vampire? A year? Two at the most? For others of our kind, it has been decades, centuries even. Always hiding behind a masquerade, never daring to come out, never to show our true selves for fear that humanity might find out about us and then destroy us.
1: So this is what? A friendly way of announcing your presence to the world? Driving every human insane with this noise?
0: Oh, this has been nothing but a test. When the time is right, the noise, as you put it, will be everywhere.
1: But why?
0: To end our suffering. To free us so that we can live our lives as we've always meant to. No more living in the shadows. No more living in the sewers. This isn't just for us, Chris. It's for all the other races. With the fall of mankind, a new age will dawn. You're
1: right. We shouldn't have to live in the shadows. But this isn't the way to go about it. There has to be a way humanity and our kind can learn to live together.
0: That was tried already. Moreover, Rome fell for it. Humanity will never accept us. They will never accept you for what you are. You'll always be a monster to them. Something that needs to be hunted down and destroyed. Still, we can talk about this at another time.
1: Meaning what?
0: It's time to bring this test to an end.
1: Edmund stretched his hand out and grabbed the sphere. The room was suddenly plunged into total darkness. Even though I had heightened senses... Because I'm still alive, it takes my eyes a few moments to adjust to changes in my environment. For the moment, I couldn't even see the hand in front of my face.
0: We'll meet again, Chris Sparrow. Maybe then you'll understand what I'm doing. This is for the good of our race. For all of us. And you.
1: Max! I can't see! Stop him!
2: Sorry Chris, that's not part of our deal.
1: Why didn't you stop him?
2: Our deal was that I would help you stop the noise. When the sphere went out, the noise stopped. Capturing Edmund was not part of that deal. Now then, I believe you owe me a case of Merlot. Shall we go?
1: When the noise ended, the rain stopped. Officially, the chaos of recent days was being put down to rioting. However, the news never did explain what people were rioting about in the first place. (sighs) Slowly, life in the city was returning to normal. I kept my end of the deal with Max and gave him the case of Merlot. With a sly smile, the demon told me he would see me around as he had no immediate plans to return to his realm. It was during twilight the next evening that I found myself wandering through the rose gardens towards Byron's tower. I had been avoiding it since I returned. Tonight, I felt I had to go there. Almost compelled in a way. The heavy wooden door opened easily enough. It was not locked or latched shut. Inside it was dark, but there was enough light for me to see. In the past, I had always felt welcome there. And now it was a cold, dark place. Empty and devoid of life. I found myself entering the main chamber where I often spoke with Byron. It's me, Byron. Chris. I know you're not here. (laughs) To be honest, I'm not sure why I'm here. I guess... I wanted you to know Portland is safe. I wanted you to know I'm safe too. Thanks to you. It's been a while, but... I miss you, Byron.
2: I've missed you too, Chris.
1: But... Byron?
2: Hello, Chris. How have you been?
1: Is... Is it really you?
2: I know it's been a while, that's one of the problems with traveling from one plane of existence to another. For traveler, the effect is instantaneous. However, in reality it takes weeks, even months, to get back
1: How long have you been back?
2: Not long. Only a few moments. You're cold. Let me start the fire.
1: Byron looked at the hearth, and his eyes seemed to glow white for a moment. A fire sprang into life in the hearth, and warmth washed over my cold body. Candles throughout the room sputtered to life around us. The room, which was so dark, so uninviting when I first came in, transformed. I felt welcomed here, as if I had come home.
2: I hope you'll stay. It's been ages since we last talked There's a lot to tell you.
1: Yes. A lot has happened since I last saw you.
2: Then please sit and tell me all about it. Tell me everything, Chris.
1: Everything I've missed.
0: You have been listening to the Byron Chronicles. Season 2, Episode 2. Noise. Written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were Laura Post as Chris Sparrow, Chris Williams as Max, Eric Busby as Edmund, and David Alt as Byron. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. Audio designed by Eric Busby. This has been a Ducker Projects production. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.
2: Immortality, longevity, an endless lifespan. Watching civilizations rise and fall. What would you do to become immortal? My name is McAllen Orsell. I'm a genetic scientist in New York. I'm caught in a secret war between two powerful groups of immortals. I've been told that I am a messiah to a group of people I barely know. I'm forced on a quest around the globe to fulfill a
0: destiny I never chose. If only I can stay alive.
2: From Christoph
1: Leputka comes The Leviathan Chronicles, an audio adventure like you've never heard before. What is Leviathan? I'll
0: tell you as much as I know. We have been immortal for almost a millennium. What?
2: Immortal? I can't know about Leviathan. Die! We're hitting Crush death. Blow those charges! No! To Nothing this big has ever moved that fast underwater. I have no tolerance for your lack of commitment. Why have you brought me here? You are here because we need your help. The man you met earlier was named Whit Roberts. I believe her condition is the result of an attack. He's a liar and an assassin. You are going to tell me what I want to know. She was never trained for this. She was bred for it, Anton. Well, she doesn't know that. The only question is... You'll need
0: to find the key, McCallum.
2: How much damage are we going to do in the meantime? To discover the Leviathan Chronicles and get the next dimension in podcasting, go to www.leviathanchronicles.com.
1: Immortality or freedom, which would you choose?
0: Zompod. Yes, it's actually as it said, a new zombie podcast brought to you by the Library of the Living Dead in association with Darker Projects. pod will contain full production zombie short stories and is hosted by Dr. Puss. Undead stories for the zombie apocalypse. Welcome Welcome to the 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 end of the world. There's a new radio station coming to your town. Everybody knows about talk radio, but not everybody likes talk radio. It's too right-wing. It's too left-wing. The uh, you moron. All idiots. Starting soon on a station near you, the radio format you've been waiting for. It's not talk radio. It's shut-up radio. Just give a listen. Let's go to the phones. You're on shut-up radio. Yeah, let's talk about taxes. Let's not. Next caller. Congress has just passed a bill that's gonna... Ah, shut up. You shut up. You shut up. Make me. I don't make garbage. I Yes, it's Shut Up Radio. It's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's a breath of fresh air. And what's your beef, caller? I have no beef. I just wanted to say hi. Finally, a caller with nothing on his mind. Go ahead. Hi. Shut up, Jabberjaw. When talk radio gets on your nerves, switch to Shut Up Radio. They have no opinions on anything. Remember, a station that's apathetic is a pathetic station. Thanks for calling Shut Up Radio. We'll have less after this.